Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Three Point Podcast. I'm Ted. On the phone is Matt, and I'm joined here in the studio by Jared, our youngest member of the trio. Helping us out tonight are the great folks at Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and our podcast recording home, Z92.5 The Castle. Tonight, we'll also have a true three-point pause. It's just going to be the three of us, fellas. Three generations taking a look at sports and stuff. You ready to have some fun? Yeah, so what, Jack's got like a heart transplant or something? Uh, from what he's telling me, you know, he's out running around with Jackie and Jake. I don't know if they went camping or rented an RV. I'm not sure what was on the agenda this week, but we look to talk back with him next week. So I thought maybe I thought maybe he was golfing over at uh, Chippewa Hills. Isn't that over by Chi-Town? <laughs> no, it's closed down now. Yeah, he if, if he's ever over there, he's diving in the pond looking for golf balls. <laughs> All right, Matt, start us off. Where do you want to start? Yeah, guys, I mean, the big news or, or some of the big news anyway in, in the state of Michigan and, and the NBA is Stan Van lost his job. I mean, I, th- I think it's, you know, everyone had their different theories was he's going to come back as head coach but lose the, the front office role. Was he going to stay in the front office, lose the head coach role? I personally thought that he was going to, they were going to take his front office duties away, but they were going to bring him back, you know, kind of one more go as a head coach with, a full season with Blake Griffin, hopefully, you know, a full season with Reggie Jackson being healthy and whatever else they could do in the off season. I thought that was going to happen. So I was, I was honestly surprised when I saw that they, you know, mutually or whatever it was uh, parted ways and kind of moved on from Stan Van. But when you look at it, it's, it, it actually shouldn't be surprising because he, he was there for four years. They didn't get better in the four years he was there. So maybe it was just one of those things where it's like, time to move on and try something new yeah a little bit surprising of the timing but uh if you look at it and i think you saw my tweet on it and i'm not the lone stranger out there coming up with this but i think a deal's already been done in one shape or form with chauncey billups and it just took that long before they had at least a verbal agreement with him and then that's when uh, they decided to let stan van go what what do you think so you do you want chauncey billups as a coach or as a gm well you know uh, to come in as a gm it could be very iffy i i'd probably take him in under either circumstance but i'd like to see him be the coach actually yeah, because I mean, we have to hire them both. That's kind of like it's that's what sucks when you have a GM coach. Which thank God that that whole thing is done with Doc Rivers. Obviously, that happened like last year where he lost his abilities, but Stan right. Van's out. I just I've had I've heard this name been thrown around a bunch of times, and I hope to God it doesn't happen. Okay, Jerry Stackhouse. Yeah, I'm not a big <laughs> Stackhouse fan either. How about you, Matt? Kind of the same. I mean, he, you know, as a player, he was great to watch, but that's kind of where I'm at with with these players turned coaches. I know everyone gets excited about former players, you know, former Pistons, Stackhouse maybe, or Chauncey Billups coming back uh, as being being head coach or in the front office. But I think sometimes fans like fall in love with the guy as a player and what they did when they were on the court, and it doesn't always translate when they're on the sidelines in that suit, you know, coaching the team or whatever. So I, Stackhouse is definitely one. I don't know if, if I would want him coming in. Chauncey, it could work out. Who knows? But you know he hasn't he hasn't he has no experience as a head coach and he was a point guard you know so that helps but i would want a little more experience coming in personally so who's your choice right I now <laughs> yeah, i, I heard know. like uh, mike brown the dude that, that was coaching the hawks uh mike budenholder that that people are throwing around he had some success with the hawks but but yeah that's that's the other side of it too it's not like there's just like a ton of available coaches out there just waiting to coach the Pistons. So so maybe you do. Maybe you take a flyer on Chauncey, and maybe he turns into the next uh, 
Brad Stevens or something. Or or even Steve Kerr. I mean, Steve Kerr had no coaching experience, yep. did he? He went right from the broadcast booth. Yeah. That's where Chauncey would come from. You know what's hilarious? The, the Warriors tr- – Tried hiring Van Gundy all those years ago, that's back am- when they hired Kerr. That's amazing. It was because we got him because we gave him the GM job. Right. Isn't that just funny to think? Well, maybe we could have had, we could have Steve Kerr right now. Yeah, right. It is. I did see that that you know Stan Van was possibly going to take that job, and you know it's always one of those things like you wonder how like either would have worked out because I, I think it's all like the situation. Yeah, Kerr would have been terrible for the Pistons, and who knows? Maybe Stan Van would have been great for the Warriors. Um, you know, maybe it's just it, the situation is obviously big when it comes to stuff like that. So who knows how it would have shaken out. You know, back to Stackhouse for a minute. He at least has built a coaching resume in the G League. He's coached a couple of seasons, taken the team. I think he's a Toronto uh, G League team, isn't it? And he's taken them to the finals in that yeah, for the last couple it. of years. But I, who's he? I mean, who's he coaching? Like Lavar Ball? I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a G League coach in a couple <laughs> years, honestly. Well, no, I know, but at least he has a little little bit of experience on the bench. The thing I don't like about Stackhouse, and the thing I don't like about some of these guys that their names have been mentioned out there. I watched him when they played, and when I watched Jerry Stackhouse play, yeah, he had a ton of talent, but it seemed like he was more worried about his individual stats than team play. And if you want a coach, man, you want somebody that's going to preach team play. I thought Chauncey was an ultimate team player, and I think if, if you're going to be a coach in the league, how many superstars have we seen be successful as coaches? They don't happen very often. Not they, very much. Yeah, very rarely. Some, the, don't, some don't, of the recent ones are, you know, the Knicks tried out Derek Fisher and Jason Kidd has bounced around a little bit, and he hasn't been that successful. So, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time. Right. I know one name that I don't want to see. I don't care if you bring him back in the organization, but I don't want him to be GM. I don't want him to be coach, and that's Isaiah Thomas. I saw that, too. Yeah. That's so that not going to happen. There's no way in hell that would happen. I loved him as a player, but he has shown that uh, in front office jobs doesn't do very well. <laughs> I was going to say, the only thing I know about Jerry Stackhouse, I have this little, like, bobblehead <laughs> in my room. And I don't know if this is, like, the style back then, but he's got – it's like the bobblehead has, like, a beer gut. It's like <laughs> – that's just, like, the only image I have in my head of Jerry Stackhouse. Was he, was he with the Orlando Magic? Magic at the time? No, it was a Pistons. Pistons, like, all number right. 42, I think, is his number. <laughs> did you see the uh, the Stan Van, uh, well, it would have been Tom Gore's, like the press release? I just I kind of wanted to read it real Yeah, quick. go ahead. I just thought it was very uh, very funny. So he said, so he starts off, I am grateful to Stan for everything he's done for the Pistons and for the city of Detroit. He rebuilt the culture of our basketball team, reinstilled a winning attitude and work, work ethic, and took us to the playoffs two years ago. But our Little Caesars franchise, which – which is, and then it's like from the article, which is Tom Gore's company and the sponsor of the newly built Little Caesars Arena, simply cannot take anymore. With the hiring of Van Gundy four years ago, he insisted upon a free pizza clause in his contract, <laughs> which allowed him to enjoy free Little Caesars pizza whenever he de- whenever he so desired. We knew that we would take a hit and maybe lose a couple of Detroit locations due to the deal, but we felt <laughs> it was a small price to pay for the return of winning to Detroit basketball. Oh, boy. Is that real? There's no way. There's no way that's true. Right? No. <laughs> I don't know. Where'd you find I, I, that? Let me internet. see that. Let me see that. <laughs> the <laughs> internet. Oh, it's got to be true. It's oh, and it shows him with a big pizza pie. <laughs> I've seen that. I haven't seen that. That's amazing. I chose to believe that. Yeah. That was one of those I chose to believe. Maybe that is the, the reason. Is is like seeing Stan Van. It, it comes out. He probably would be one. Like in negotiations, he's like, all right, I want front office control. I'm going to be head coach. And I want free pizza whenever I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say, like, his lasting legacy is? 
with the Pistons or coaching yeah, in general? Uh, yeah, as the P- Pistons, what he came, what he did. Uh, I think he, I think he's going to go down as irrelevant. Really, what what did he accomplish? He took him to the playoffs one year. He he obviously had some terrible draft choices uh, and mistakes when you look at it after the fact. I mean, what did he accomplish in Detroit? I mean, the one thing maybe is bringing Blake Griffin in, and we'll see That's about it. how that pans out. I mean, Blake Griffin is a superstar. We talked about it when when the trade happened. He's a superstar. Uh, he he's had his health issues, so. Who knows if he can stay healthy? Maybe he'll turn back into a super, or, uh, an all star in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, may, that might be it because <laughs> yeah. do a whole lot of winning. He, I mean, he saw, he drafted Andre Drummond, right? You know, it's kind of forgotten that I remember when I was researching. We're still paying Josh Smith. Remember the whole Josh Smith? Uh, Josh Smith. <laughs> they brought him in from Atlanta years ago. You don't remember that? That was like four years ago. We're still paying him. We cut him because like he wasn't doing anything. Right. We're still paying him. But what bothers me is, like, I really don't know where this team goes from here. Because just this year alone, like, when Griffin and Drummond were on the court together, they just, like, they did not play well. Like, you look at their, uh, like, the offensive rating, like, it was 109 when one of them was on the court, and it was 104 when both of them were on the court. It's just, I don't I don't see how that's going to work out. I I don't know. I mean, they got to make it work out because they don't have a lot of choices. They don't have, they don't yeah, have much no draft choices, no cap space. So they've got to get a coach in there that can figure out how to get those two working together. And then they got to bring in another piece or two to the puzzle because that's it for the near future. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is, I think we talked about it when, when the trade happened was, you know, in the Eastern Conference, it, I mean, Boston and, and Philly are obviously on the ride, but... In the Eastern Conference, it's not a, a deep conference. You have two guys. Drummond was an all-star, and, and Griffin's a former all-star. So you have two pretty legitimate players. And I feel like, I mean, you're probably not going to beat Boston or the Cavs if LeBron stays there or Philly, but you have something to build around. So it's almost like bring a coach in who can try and figure out how to get these two guys, Griffin and Drummond, to, to work together. And, and maybe you can, you know, win a first-round series or something like that. Who knows? But... But, yeah, it, it's not all that promising. <laughs> it definitely is not. But for coaches-wise, listen to this idea. It's not quite as wild as your, like, Bill Belichick to the Lions idea, which still <laughs> I, keeps me awake at Or night. Rick Pitino to the Pistons. <laughs> I, I may scratch that one, too. The only way I would do another GM head coach combo, John Calipari. Whoa. Bring him in. <laughs> I, that would you, shake things up, would wouldn't you it? Be for it? Matt, would you be for it? No. Not at oh all. My I'm, not a, I'm not a big Coach Cal fan. We would probably have the entire Kentucky roster. We would have like <laughs> we would have like Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins. Like they'd all just come over to Detroit. Realistically, fellas, I mean, Billups has got to be a candidate for one of the jobs if he wants it. I, I think that's legit. Yeah, he's a front runner. I, I think say. I think Mark Jackson oh. might be a good choice as well if you want to go outside the organization a little bit. He's got a good resume. Yeah. Uh, Bill Lambeer, I don't oh, know if it, well, no, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe he's he might be five or six years past when he should have been hired. He should have been in the mix with all these clowns that they have brought in leading up to Van Gundy. May not, <laughs> but let what, me stop. Go ahead. He, he was the coach of the Detroit Shock. You know what happened to them? They got moved to our city. But he also won championship with them. Two championships, I think, with that with that group. He I, did. I, 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 no I mean, idea. he he could coach in the WNBA. Um, would that translate to the NBA? Who knows? But but yeah, it, I think that's another one of those that you know former fans falling in love with former players. It, it may have worked out. Who knows? But but I'm not sure if Lambeer would have would have been a good uh, NBA coach, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I've I've seen a lot of different uh, tweets with his name involved, but I I didn't throw an endorsement out there. I my my endorsements with Chauncey Billups or Mark Jackson right now. While we're talking about coaches, guys, this is off the Detroit uh, tangent, but Brad Stevens not getting a vote at all for Coach of the Year. 
they got to change something, don't they? I mean, shouldn't they? This is my thought. Shouldn't they wait until the playoffs are done? Why do they just have it voted on the regular season? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, that, that's one of those things with, with a lot. I mean, they do this in baseball, too. Which way are you going with it? Is it just regular season coach of the year? Because if it's just regular season coach of the year, then they should they should vote on it basically right when the regular season ends. If you're saying for the whole season, yeah, wait wait till the NBA Finals are done. What if what if the Celtics all of a sudden upset the Cavs exactly. and you know the Celtics get to the finals and Brad Stevens isn't going to get one vote for coach of the year? That that's crazy. Yeah, and I mean it is crazy. And but I believe it's the coaches that vote on it, isn't it? It is. Well, and it's not all the coaches though. It's a handful. Wow. That's, that's I, what I, I saw some people saying that it's almost like a conspiracy or something like that because it, it, there's like rumors going around that a lot of people don't like Brad Stevens in the league. I don't know why. I don't know if that's true. But I saw that there's like a conspiracy how he could get zero votes for Coach of the Year. If, if Dwayne, qu- yeah, did you see like Dwayne, Dwayne he might Casey, get fired. If he gets fired, the the Pistons, Pistons they better offer him the bag. They better get him secured. Oh, you're that high on him? I think so. I mean, coach of the Year. Well, who else are we gonna get? Jerry Stackhouse. He was Coach of the Year. We're talking Coach of the Year, and it's a farce, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he had a good regular season, but Stevens doesn't get one vote. How do you put any credence in to the vote on Coach of the Year? It, who knows when was this voting was done so long ago? It was the regular like, season. It's like the LeBron like MVP. Yeah, I believe LeBron should win MVP every year. But they don't give it to him. It's kind of like the same way with Brad Stevens and Popovich. Now, your uh, your take, I understand it, and I think maybe he ought to be a legitimate candidate they could think about, but just to hand it over to him, no way. You know, I, I know John was in here a couple weeks ago, and I was going to bring it up last week. He, he brought up a good point in the NBA. I mean, there still is a lot to be said about a great coach in the NBA. Yeah, it's a, it's a player's league without a doubt, but still the teams that, that win championships do have Pretty good coaches, don't you guys agree with that? Uh, without a doubt. I mean, there's, I mean, the, the Spurs are. Jared brought up Popovich. The Spurs are the perfect example. There's been, there's been times that they've had a ton of injuries, or I mean, this year's one of them that they don't necessarily have the roster that they've had in the past. And Pop just keeps them clicking the whole time. And and even Kerr talking about the Warriors. I mean, you got you got guys like that, just loaded rosters, superstars, and all those egos. You have to be able to keep him in check. I mean, that's one thing that Phil Jackson used to talk about. That, that that's some, one of the biggest things with the NBA is you know by the time these guys get to the NBA, they know the X's and O's and stuff like that. They know how to play basketball, but sometimes it's managing the egos. So that's a, that's a huge part of the NBA. And if you have a good coach that can do that and you know drop some good plays and stuff like that, then then yeah, you're you're way ahead. You know, this segment started on Stan Van Gundy, and he's out as Detroit Pistons coach. Let's keep it on the topic of Detroit sports in general. They're in a little bit of a slump right now, aren't we? Yes, yeah, I think it's the worst slump uh, in, in like 30 years or something like that for Detroit sports not making a conference final in the, in the four major sports. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely in a slump. Well, I mean, we obviously saw today, geez, it's just like something every, every day it seems like now. And Patricia getting accused of sexual assault, like, what right. do we think of that? What's going on there? Well, that whole story is just completely bizarre and just kind of come out of nowhere. 22 years ago, he was a college student uh, on South Padre Island, spring break. Something allegedly happened. The authorities looked into it. Uh, no charges were filed. I mean, there's a little smoke there probably, but... Again, 22 years ago, college kid, not to say if any of this was true, that it's a good thing, but very strange how it just comes up right now. And I think it's going to go away, but uh, that's my gut feel. Yeah, it, it's really strange, especially because, uh, you know, part of that, too, is that when, when, the, 
when it went to trial, the the accuser didn't show up. So that's you know it that kind of makes it seems like it maybe you know we don't know what we, it may be a false accusation, and that's what Patricia is saying. It was a false ac- accusation. The charges got dropped, and and everything was cleared. It was over 20 years ago. So it's kind of one of those things like why are you bringing this up now? Because I mean he's been a coach in other stops. He you know most recently with New England, and we never heard about it there. So is it one of those things that? New England didn't look into it, or did they? And, you know, maybe they talked to him about it in person before going to the media or whatever, figured it out, and that was it. Like, why, why did the Detroit media, because I think it was the free press that came out with this story. No, it, w- it was the news. You know, the Detroit news? Yeah, so, so that, that's what I, I'm curious. Is it, is it one of those things, like, in today's day, day and age, it's just clickbait? They're trying to get people to read their articles? Because it's one of, like, why, when, why did they come out with this story now? Yeah, well, the, the number one reason I can think of, it's terrible, but it's its the Detroit Lions karma. Whatever can go wrong goes wrong with the Lions. That's That's gone on for my entire life, guys. I just can't believe it, you know. And, and you were talking about Detroit sports. They're the best franchise right now, aren't they? I saw, yeah, I saw a tweet, like, they were talking about the Pistons uh, organization. They are saying that it makes the Lions look like the Patriots, <laughs> like just how bad the Pistons are ran. Right. And that, I, I will say this. I did like his, uh, let me read his statement, the second statement of the night, but I really did like his statement when he said, you know, as someone who's falsely accused of this very serious charge over 22 years ago and never given the opportunity to defend myself and clear my name, I find it incredibly unfair, disappointing, and frustrating that this story would resurface now with the only purpose being to damage my character and reputation. I firmly maintain my innocence as I've always done. I just thought that that... That honestly summarized, that was a great quote. I don't know who his PR guy, but that was a great uh, thing to say. Yeah, and he did come across pretty well at the press conference, and that was part of it today. And he's right. He's right. Where where does this come from so far in the past and no charges were filed? It's not fair to him. It really isn't. I saw that like when back in '96, like she she told she like had him go to court, but then she didn't show up. So what he, what happened there? Did he pay her off? Or no, what? no. You know, let's let's face it. In today's day and age, with the Me Too and and everything that's gone on, I mean, don't forget, it wasn't that long ago we had the whole thing at Michigan State and uh, sexual uh, harassment and abuse. It's a, it's a very touchy subject. We got to be careful talking about. But there's a lot of times, and again, this was a long time ago, but we're talking. Uh, a young college girl and young college guys. A gr- on spring break. A, on spring break. San Padre Island. Pa- right, but things do happen, and things do happen that should not happen, but a girl doesn't want to get involved in the, with the authorities. How many times do these things don't even get reported, you know, because the girl doesn't want to go through that whole trauma. Yeah, exactly. So, so you you got to read between the lines a little bit, and, you know, and we don't even know where this story came from. Did, like you said, was it clickbait? Did somebody contact the Detroit News and say, hey, did you guys hear about this story? You know, I don't know. I, I didn't really investigate where this story started, so I don't know what the yeah. answer is to that. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too. Like, one of the first thoughts I had when, when I saw it was, you know, I was curious, so I started started reading it and seeing if, if it had come up before, if you know, if the Patriots had reported it or if it had ever come up before and it hadn't. So it made me wonder, like, so Bob Quinn was – with the Patriots when Patricia was there also. So you would think that if if this was something that, you know, was was a big deal, was reportable news, that Bob Quinn would have known about it when Patricia was um, with him in, in New England. And and so, so it, it made me wonder, like, why would a news agency, you know, the Detroit News, why would they 
come out with this and maybe not just talk to the Lions front office and, and say, hey, we, we came across this. Is this something we should report? Is this something that, you know, you guys have already handled and we should just stay away from it? Or, you know what, why, why wouldn't the news agency go, go at it that route instead of just writing up, up an article and, and tweeting it out? Because they know when they tweet out something like that, that thing is going to catch like wildfire, and it did. Yeah, that's that's the way news goes nowadays. I mean, it's it's completely different than what it used to be back, you know, maybe 20 years ago even. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's crazy because, like you guys are saying, it, you know, the Lions right now might be our best hope as far as uh, Detroit sports fans for actually making the playoffs and maybe winning the game or, or whatever in, in the playoffs. And, you know, we were excited. We got this new coach. You know, we finally got some good draft picks and, you know, all that, and then, and then, like you said, the Lions karma, some bad news has to come out. So yep. so hopefully, I mean, Jared read the statement. I, I think that's a good statement. Hopefully it's one of those things that, you know, they, they handle it the right way, unlike what Michigan State has been doing, and uh, they just take care of it. Yeah, hopefully it, it wasn't true. Uh, I just like looking up stats from San, San Padre Island like, <laughs> last year, 166 uh, arrests in a two-week period during spring break. I mean, this place is obviously – I mean, the wild, wild west, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Well, spring break in general, I never had the opportunity or the – I never did go to spring break in one of those uh, warm weather places, but I can only imagine what it's like. It's, uh, I mean, 166 arrests in two weeks. I think that sums it up. It pretty much says it all. <laughs> yep, that's it right there. All right. Well, I want to tell our listeners about the Corona Connection. That's a direct mail paper sent to all of Corona Vernon and Shiawassee County parts of Lennon. Don't forget, you can also pick up a copy of the latest edition at many Corona businesses and Kroger. And they're also putting on an exciting event. The Corona Connection is excited to be able to bring their version of the amazing race to everyone in Corona. That's Saturday, May 19th. Pre-registration available at coronaconnection.com. Or you can follow them on Facebook or also go to Recreation Warehouse and drop off an application. Uh, it's only $20 for a team of two. And if you followed the amazing race... These teams of two will decipher clues, travel to different area businesses at different intervals, and uh, participate in a lot of fun events. Prizes are going to be given out to the first 10 teams that complete the race. Well, what we're going to do, guys, now we got to talk a little NBA playoff action. And I'm telling you, I am supremely impressed with LeBron James. Not that I wasn't beforehand, but he stepped it up another level. He's he's just carrying that team on his back. Yeah, it, it's hard not to be impressed. I mean, I'm not a LeBron fan, but I, I'm not one of those that, that I'm not going to hate on him. I, I can appreciate his greatness. It's He's turning into, I mean, he's turning on to another level, and he's He's 33 years old, and it looks like he's at the peak of his prime at 33, which is just crazy. Yeah, and he's got that sweet little fallaway jumper, too. I mean, and, and he's coming up big at buzzer time, too. So, I mean, he's definitely solidifying his legacy. If he takes Cleveland to another championship and if they at least give Houston or Golden State a good battle, you know, he's going to be hard to argue not being the best of all time. Michael's still my pick, but, boy, LeBron is uh, is opening my eyes up Every game I watch him play. So how do you how do you see the uh, Eastern Conference Finals panning out between Boston and Cleveland? Whoo, that's a that's a good call there. I think that's gonna that's gonna go six or seven, and I just think LeBron is gonna carry his team to another another round. I think he's on a mission to get to the championship again. But that's just my gut feel. But I think Cleveland wins that series. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think I mean the run that Boston is on right now is just I mean it's pretty awesome considering they they lost their two best players and they're going on a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's it's just crazy. But I think the greatness of LeBron is gonna finally 
put an end to their run. And, and I mean, Kevin Love is finally playing well, and, and Corver is stepping up, and some of their, their other role players are, are stepping up too. So, But, yeah, I, the one thing I think about LeBron, and I'm going to stick to it, and, and I, I think it's a legitimate argument. I mean, they just – LeBron staying in the East – is the best thing he ever did for his career. It's impressive for him to make all these runs to the finals, especially if, if he makes another one uh, this year. That'll be eight straight. That, that's impressive. That's crazy to be for him to be healthy and, and available for for those many years and make runs to the finals. But I mean, think about it. The Raptors were the number one seed in the playoffs this year, and the Cavs just swept them in the second round. And I mean, there's been like the Celtics were good for a little bit. The, the Magic had a couple years, but uh, overall, he's had a <laughs> a pretty good run in the East and not very much competition if you really want to look at it. So so I guess are you're saying that they should have went to seven games with the Raptors or uh, I guess I don't really know how you can fault him for that. I'm not faulting him. I'm saying that the, the Raptors are the number one seed. So if mm-hmm. you're saying that the Raptors in the East this year were the best team, so the, the best competition that LeBron is supposed to have in the Eastern Conference this year, the Raptors being the one seed, he just swept them like they were, they were nothing. Uh, to me, that's laughable. And, you know, like the, against the Pacers, he's going against a team whose best player is Victor Oladipo, who is a good player, but, I mean, he's not <laughs> he's not anything that we're going to remember in 20 or 30 years. So, you know, players and, and teams that LeBron has had to go through to get to the finals, it's not like it is in the Western Conference. No, and I agree with that. And uh, in the East, I think, though, there are some upstart teams with some young talent that I think we're going to see a little bit of shift in that with Philadelphia, Boston, and even Indiana. I mean, I really think that there's some pretty good talent yeah. going to be coming up in the East. And and did you see? Did either of you guys happen to see uh, Victor Aladibo's like Players Tribune article um, about coming home to Indiana? No. I saw it. I, I didn't read it, but I heard it was good. It Basically... The way I view it, if you write an article for the Players' Tribune, it's like your stats go up like 10%. <laughs> I, I, there's just something about those articles. All of them are good. You write for the Players' Trib- Tribune. I love it. I, you're immediately one of my favorite players. Well, and I, I think he's got a future, too. I, I I look at him a little more high than Matt does. I thought he played real well, and I think he's he's got some future talent without a doubt. Let's, let's look in the West, though. Are you guys excited for this Houston-Golden State matchup? Man, that's going to be Awesome. Real, real quick before we go to the West, one thing that is just going to prove my point again. <laughs> so I have oh, to bring it up. Oh, okay. I get okay. it. We get it. Right, right. I, I have to bring it up. So Ben Simmons, you know, is, is I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. Technically, he's a rookie this year. It's his second year. But, you know, he might win rookie of the year. And he's one of these guys that he's not going against LeBron because they lost. But one of these guys that's supposed to, you know, take over the East and, you know, maybe take over for LeBron eventually. Did you guys see the, the plus-minus of when he was on the floor and off the floor for the Sixers against the, the Celtics? Yeah, it was terrible. It was like minus 23 in one game, I think, oh. wasn't it? Well, when on the floor, the Sixers were minus 63. When he was on the bench, they were plus 48. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's just crazy. And that's just one of those things to me, like, he's a rookie, so, you know, give him, you know, a little time or whatever. But it's, it's just the Eastern Conference, I mean, they have some nice players, some exciting teams. Yeah, like Ted said, I do think in a couple of years it'll be different with with the Sixers and with the Celtics. But but LeBron's having to go through some some teams that are just, I mean, they're not very good yeah. if we if we want to be honest. Well, you're underselling uh, T.J. McConnell. He's a, he's an incredible talent. <laughs> hey man, he's gritty. He's a coach's son. Sim rat. <laughs> Yeah. What a, what other uh, white stereotypes do you want to throw out there? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, he's a, yeah, exactly, exactly. That was funny that after one of the games, uh, Dan Patrick Show did a little segment on it, talking about all those those cliches that come out. And I mean, it was crazy hearing the Sixers, I mean, Sixers players and coaches just throwing out every white player cliche. And I mean, it, it was all those like 
he is, he's not the most athletic, but he makes he makes the most of what he has. And <laughs> plays hard, and he's gritty, and it's just like all these things. It's like why can't you just admit he's a good basketball player? There you go. I agree, but I also kind of disagree. I mean, what they're saying, although it's cliche, I mean, you can't argue it. Not the most athletic guy. Check. Uh, he I mean, plays hard. He's, check. He's in the NBA. He, he's an NBA player, and he's playing at a high level. I'm going to call him an athletic. Yeah, guy. he's got to be pretty athletic. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, he's he's got to always like prove himself. I'm pretty sure he, like played at like Grinnell or something for a couple of years before he went to Arizona in college. Right. But, yeah. And that's uh, officially the longest anyone's ever talked about T.J. McConnell. <laughs> there we go. Right here on Three Point Pod. <laughs> All right, can we segue over to the the West now? Let's go. Yeah, I made my point. All right. Golden State, Houston. Let's get the prediction out of the way first. Who do you think is going to win that one? I hate the Warriors so much. I really hope that Houston can beat them. Everyone's just kind of saying, you know, Golden State in six, Golden State in six. Golden State. That's like kind of like just the cliche, uh, cliche, another cl- use of the word cliche. But <laughs> that's just kind of another people keep saying it's like Warriors in six. I honestly think it's going to be Warriors in five. Unfortunately, I hope it goes. I hope Houston wins. I hope it's a great series, but that's just what I think. I think Golden State just has too much firepower. Yeah, when they start their five, what what is it? The Hampton Five now is the big uh, yeah. big term. But but realistically, when they go with that starting five, boy, that how do you beat that team? It's tough. I mean, when they're all clicking, and especially when they're all healthy, I don't. I don't think there's any team. I don't think the dream team would be. Yeah, maybe the dream team, but I don't. It, it's a crazy how, how how well they play together, how they move the ball, and and everything like that. But but Jared, I was going to ask you. So you, you hate the Warriors. Is it because Draymond Green is on the Warriors? No, I, I actually Draymond Green's like one of the only Michigan State players I ever liked. I really just don't like Steph Curry, and I don't really like Kevin Durant either. It's just those two guys they really bother. Is me. it is it Curry's antics? Because it can't be his skill level. I just I love. I mean, you he like whipped a mouth guard. Like if LeBron James yeah. does that. It would never be forgotten. He whipped a mouth guard at a fan. Like, is that just right. forgotten? He's just a crybaby. I just don't like him. You're entitled to your opinion. He's a heck of a player, though. He, yeah, he's good. He can shoot. Like, uh, yeah, he's. A, I'm not saying he's not a great player. I just maybe it's because I just like LeBron James so much that it's because they're like his enemy. I just that's why I hate him so much. But I really just do not like the. Warriors. Yeah, for a minute I thought you were going to take the Durant uh, view of him. You know, leaving his team and signing with the best team in the NBA, and a lot of people hate him for that. Well, it's not. That and the fact that he like made like a burner account, uh, <laughs> like Twitter, just the fact, like just stuff like that. Uh, how does that not bother you? Yeah. What makes you think that the Warriors are going to finish off the Rockets in five? Because I mean, the Warriors, I mean, the Rockets are uh, they're pretty legit too. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. I mean, you don't have to tell me how legit. I mean, James Harden, best player in the one league, of the best other of all than, time. Uh, yeah, one of the best of all time. Certainly at uh, the shooting guard position, but <laughs> no. I what I saw. Uh, you must have. I everyone keeps saying the Warriors in six is what I keep saying, but I. I just felt like, you know, Warriors, maybe it's, you know, they're up 3-0. They, they go back to Houston for game four or whatever. Houston wins that one, and then they close it out at home. That's kind of how I see the series going. 3-0 lead, turns to 3-1, and then they close it out 4-1. Gotcha. I mean, I, I'm just curious. I, I think it's going to be a long series. The biggest thing to me, I think the Rockets, they're like the one team in the league that can actually keep up with the Warriors scoring-wise. I mean, whether whether Harden shows up, because Harden had a couple games and has had a couple games in the playoffs that, he didn't play that well, and CP3 kind of had a had a step up. But if Harden, you know, has those you know forty points, fifteen assist type nights, then then the I think the Rockets could make some noise. But I, if, you can't bet against the Warriors right now. I, no one's beaten them for what three years. They've been in three straight finals, so it's hard to bet against them. Excuse me for my ignorance here, but I just want to double check something. Isn't the series? Aren't they now going two two one one one? Yeah. 
Okay, so I think most people are saying six because then Golden State would have the sixth game at home, right? Isn't that right? No, they would have. Houston the, has the first the two. Game. Oh yeah, Houston is the one seed, aren't they? Yeah, Shoot, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I just want to make sure my math was correct. I mean, like you said, I you think it's gonna be a close series? I really hope so, Matt. But I, I you know how much I love James Harden. You know how much it pains me to say it. I really just think it's gonna be a not as close as a series as people think. Let's say this: if it is close, and if it goes seven, and Houston has that seventh game. Does that make the difference? Or do you think Golden State still has the talent that they'll go win it in Houston and then move on? I don't even think we've seen Golden State in full gear. So if it goes seven, I really think Golden State just wins it anyway. I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it went either way, if the Warriors won in five or if the Rockets were able to push it to seven. Yeah. should be fun either way. Uh, you think uh, all the fans, including us, we want to see at this point Cleveland and LeBron James in the final. Would it be a disaster if Boston's in the final? Yeah, I mean Boston's fun, and you know, like the story is fun. But yeah, I think I think you got to see LeBron in the finals again. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would be ugly. Probably a four-game sweep if Boston's there. Not to take anything away from them. But when we get to that point, it, it could get ugly. And I think at least Cleveland will be competitive, maybe able to even win a game. Possibly two. Possibly. just depends on if LeBron stays hot. I think so. And, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, it's, it's a given that whoever wins the West is going to win the finals. And I, I do think that is true. I think Cleveland can give both of the, the Rockets or the Warriors a little bit of a series just because at the level LeBron is playing right now. It, it is crazy how well he's playing. Well, not only that, we've talked about it before many times, and we've all watched sports where karma and momentum can carry you a whole long ways. And Cleveland's playing with uh, house money, and they're playing very confident right now. And that can go a long way. And I, and do not bet against LeBron James. There you go. The man is a god on the basketball court. <laughs> He's pretty good, I'll tell you that much for sure. All right, before we move on to our last topic, I just want to remind our listeners, Rivals Tap House and Grill is a great spot to meet up with your friends. Catch your favorite sporting events like the Kentucky Derby. And uh, we were there last Saturday enjoying their great food and drink. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill located on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in uh, Corona. And our resident uh, gambler here, Jared, uh, you did all right on the Derby, didn't you? We were watching it there, and uh, you did okay. I did. And I have – well, my so I, so I messaged my bookie, you know, I kind of want some action. What are you thinking? And what he sent back, I just there's there was like no way to decipher it. It was like uh, I don't know if you, this might be too new of a reference for you, but do you know like the crabs meme where the it's a SpongeBob character, but he's SpongeBob. He's, yeah, yeah, I know what the crab it, is. It's the crab, and he, he like he like doesn't know where he's at. Okay, it's like what the picture is. Yeah, but so this is what I was like. What are you thinking? And he said, so my boy Jack is. Uh, is a choice of mine as a long shot. I like Justify and Audible also. Bolt de Oro will come late for a possible piece. Magnum Moon, I think, will struggle with a large field. Mendelssohn is a monster, but shipped in from Dubai, and that is tough travel. And then I was like, he, Is that your like, bookie the same same as my bookie? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, so, and then so so then I said I was like, I don't even know how to decipher that. So then he sent me in his his picks, and he said. Uh, like you have a try with the five, ten, four, six, seven, eleven, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, and five, four, six, seven, eleven, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, ten. I just had no idea how to go with it. <laughs> so then so you went, you simplified it. I, simplified, you? I, I simplified it. I just put, I put all my money on Justify, the favorite to win at three to one odds, and wouldn't you know it, he uh, took it home. So I was walking away with some cash. Yeah. I got uh, I got shamed into betting on some I, of that stuff right there love, with your with your dad. I I love I completely uh 
guilted you into doing it. I you was did. I, I kept bothering you about it. You're like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm gonna do it. You completely just blindly threw in your bets on it, and you paid for it dearly. I but my, did. My favorite part of the entire thing. So we're we're sitting at Cafe Sports. <laughs> I'm rooting for the wrong way, I love I love how the waitresses had like the derby hats on. Gotta like it when they have a good ambiance. Yeah, they threw the a good party there at Rivals, but didn't they? There was no volume on the TV, and right. according to like the scoreboard, so right. we had a we had a try you had a trifecta with like the the winner justify and like the it would have been. I think I had seven and eleven. Fourth, yeah, it's seven eleven. According to like the scoreboard, right? It had seven eleven crossing the finish line. You would have like cashed out at like twenty to one odds probably. I know. Yep. And so you were jumping. I was for, pumped. You were pumped when they crossed the finish line. And little do we know, like the guy that that I said was in third, the guy that we need that you needed to finish third, he was in like fifteenth place. Matt, and I was your com- soul was crushed. I was completely deflated. Yeah, that would be deflating if you know you think you won that much money and just because the scoreboard was wrong. And the other mistake I made, like like Jared said, he kind of guilted me into betting. And his dad said, "Hey, you want to split?" He had already put a hundred dollars down. I said, "Oh, why not?" But in the future, I'm going to tell you right now on the table. If I'm going to bet on a horse race, I'm going to do a little homework myself and, and do my own damn bet. My, I was kind of disappointed in my dad. I was, I was like, yeah, so you want to bet on the uh, races today? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably put on 50 bucks. That's uh-huh. what he said. I was like, I'm putting down 50 bucks. Like, you, you're really going to put on the same amount of money money as me? <laughs> so, so you I shamed him like, up in the yeah, ante. Yeah, so I, kinda, I even shaved him into putting it on her. He won't get which, cable TV, but he'll throw 100 so down. I felt like a big baller when uh, <laughs> the number that came to both our brains was 50 bucks, considering he makes consider uh, a much more money than I do. Well, I'll tell you, I did have a lot more fun just getting into it, and I always enjoy the Kentucky Derby, but after having Adam Stanko on last week, he had some good stuff that he brought to the table on the podcast, and that it was stuff to look for. Yeah, some of his stories were cool, especially hearing, uh, you know, with his, his family's horse winning the Kentucky Oaks and, and the parties and, you know, getting to, being interviewed by Bob Costas. And all, it, it was kind of cool. It, it made me want to go to yeah. uh, a horse track again. I, I will go very soon. But did you... Did you guys happen to see uh, American? This tweet that was like circulating the internet, like American Pharaoh. So this is the guy that won the triple. This is the horse that won the triple crown uh, a few years ago. Right. This is what his day consists of. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. So, sex three times a day, two hundred thousand dollars for every impregnation. Third, it equates to about thirty million a year. What a job! Not a bad life. <laughs> Not a bad life. Oh, my gosh. This is incredible. I wish I could do that when I retire. (laughs) (laughs) If there's ever a day, he's like, come on, I'm tired. Buy off today. Yeah, no, I can't wait for the... uh the Preakness Stakes odds to come out. I'm, I'm looking my lips for those odds to come out. That's uh, next Saturday. Yeah. I'm very much Jared, looking forward you, to that. You probably would have loved it if uh, Sports Creek was still in business. Ted, did you ever go over to Sports Creek? I did, yeah. And, I mean, I, I like the Thoroughbreds a lot more than Harness. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That would be a blast. What are, what is what, So what's the difference between a Thoroughbred and a Harness? Well, I'm not sure the technical term, but you <laughs> I know, don't know why I'm asking. You har- don't know anything harness about Harness racing, you know, they're riding a cart behind them. They're not riding on top oh, of the horse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you had no idea what you obviously aren't the smartest when it comes to placing bets. So oh, I don't know if I should take your advice. You're mean. You are mean and young. I'm jealous. But, but yeah, so party-wise, I mean, obviously we were – I saw this on Twitter, and I think this would be really cool to get all three of our opinions on this. It was a question. What movie – what party scene in a movie would you most want to attend? And I, my brain just immediately went a million miles an hour. And let me just say this up front. I know this is probably number one on your list, uh, Ted. Animal House, that is not a party you want to go to. No, but I mean that's that is one or two on my list. I, You're right. 
<laughs> do you want to? You want to give me some? Well, more? I got old. You know, I got old movie references yeah, here. You won't even I'd, know what the yeah, movies are. I've seen them. Do you want to? Well, why don't you give me yours, and I'll see how many of mine are on your list. First off, honorable mention: the Super Bad Party. Uh, that like you know Jonah Hill. And That's on my Sarah. list. That's a great party. That's just a great party. Uh, just a bunch of high schoolers got to respect the uh, hustle they had to try to get the uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. But number one on my list, definitely Project X Party. Have you seen that movie, Matt? Have you seen that movie? I have. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's got to be very high on your list. Am I wrong? It was. I I definitely have that written down. It's not number one, but it's up there. Project X Party. <laughs> It's like it's, you got to see the movie. That's okay, the I, I can't right. describe it. It was like a thousand. It's a. Re, it was like based on a true story, but it was like a thousand kids. Uh, cops were like called like had to get shut down. Like I'm pretty sure like smoke gas like gas was like was it outdoors or was it a? It was like in like a neighborhood. Oh wow! Like a ton of damage. Like there was like a helicopter like covering it. It's it was crazy, but. I'll go through my top three. Some parties that I went to in East Lansing uh, in the college days. <laughs> that that would just be incredible. Turn the couches, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other, this is a, this would be a classic one. Old school, uh, the mud wrestling party, yeah. where uh, unfortunately uh, my my boy Blue dies. But just... uh, by the way, Jared, it wasn't mud wrestling; it was KY Jelly wrestling. What, what is K? What's KY Jelly? Oh my! Why? Is, that, well, is that what I think? I think is? we. I'll I'll tell you after the pod. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I okay your mom listens. I have to watch out. So that must have been. A, is that on your list then, Matt, or did you just know that from art? That's that's number one on my list. Old school. Both of those parties on old school. The one uh, where Snoop Dogg shows up. You know, Snoopaloop. I forgot about hat. that. Yeah. Yeah. Old school's on my list too. I mean, you give Frank me a party the Tank's with, awesome. with Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell. And yeah, Frank the Tank. That's that's just. Those two guys, I could you know sit in a bar with those two guys, and that, that'd be probably number two on my list. Absolutely. The funny thing about that is uh, the KY Jelly wrestling story. So <laughs> I was in college back back in my day. When I was in college, I went down to uh, Michigan this one weekend, and we found out that there was a party. At, it was at this huge house. I mean, it's in Ann Arbor, huge house. And in the basement, they were going to try and do that. They were going to replicate the old school party. So me and my friends were like, we got to go. We're going to this thing. They ended up turning it into a uh, pudding wrestling pit that'd be incredible that'd be awesome of chocolate pudding (laughs) and it's i don't know if you've ever been to ann arbor the the houses you know where where all the college kids live oh yeah old houses it was in the basement so it's like a classic michigan basement it's hot there's probably like 200 kids down there ever it's hot it's nasty there's pudding going everywhere it was it was disgusting but for a college party it was amazing (laughs) Epic. Number. <laughs> this is a third one. I, I at first thought I thought this was gonna be my number one, but then I kind of really thought about it. But like the Great Gatsby, like the, those parties. So that's kind of oh, not a, the nineteen thirty eight. No, I know, parties, I know but the new one. But the, and it's just like it's almost like the pageantry behind that. It's like the Masters com- coming in April. Just like, with the whole pageantry behind it, getting dressed up, going every, I think it's every, like, Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it is in the movie, and just, like, you don't know who runs it, the Gatsby. But the only downside to that is, like, the girls are, like, they're they're good-looking, but it's, like, the 19, like, hundreds hot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not it's not quite <laughs> well, what you want to see. Weren't they wearing long dresses and yeah, long like sleeves and all that stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Well, since you're throwing that kind of party in there, I do have a couple on my list. You saw The Godfather. I'm talking about a couple weddings, a couple yeah. wedding parties. In The Godfather, there was one. That was a 1972 flick. And The Deer Hunter. You got to oh, see The Deer Hunter someday. Oh, there was another great wedding scene in that one as well. What the heck is Deer the Hunter Deer Hunter? was good. I, I didn't even think about that. There was a good wedding scene in that movie. Oh, Jared, put that on your list to watch. It still holds up. It, it, was, a, it was a movie in the Vietnam era, and I won't tell you a lot about it, but it's 
Bring back some memories. Fan, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Fantastic movie, though, and it had quite a twist uh, with the Vietnam twist to it. So I, check that out. Here's one. This You guys will appreciate this one. This kind of reminded me of my younger days, Dazed and Confused. Did you ever see that movie? Is that Matthew, is that Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. It sure was. And it was in, in our day in Corona. We all went to Corona, right? Did you guys ever go to an outdoor in the woods party? Oh, yeah. Like a keg? Oh, I mean, I've gone yeah. to like a bonfire. I wouldn't Like say. a bonfire, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, that Dazed and Confused had a classic party scene out in the woods in that one. Classic line for that movie. Yeah. High school girls. I, I I get older, they stay the same age. That is their same movie, right? That's that the great, same movie, that's Matthew. That's a great quote. Yeah. But I, you, what was the first one you mentioned? Uh, not uh, Deer Hunter. What was, Godfather. Oh, the Godfather. Yeah. Godfather I agree with that. That would be a strong party, but it's kind of like, it's it's not really, it's a wedding. It's I a wedding, but it's a wedding party. I kind of tied them in together, you know, and okay, Great Gatsby is kind of the same thing. It wasn't like a wild, wild party, was it? Have you seen the movie or no? Is that the one with DiCaprio? Yeah. Yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah. I don't I mean, I think it's pretty wild. There's like a million people there. Just in a mansion. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah, but... it'd probably be cool. Speaking keeping on DiCaprio, he's one of my favorite actors. But uh any party that was on Wolf of Wall Street, I think, would have that's been amazing. A, yeah, I didn't even that, think of that's that a whole, good one. That whole movie is just insane. So we'll just call it that whole movie. Dang it, that was a good one. Yeah, I gotta see that movie. I still haven't seen it to this day. It's it's, it's pretty eye opening. I mean I, like I said, movie. I'm biased. DiCaprio is one of my favorite, but I mean, it it is such a good movie. Here's here's a, here's three of them for you guys. 1984. Your dad, Jared, would appreciate this. 84. Revenge of the Nerds came out. Did you ever see that one? <laughs> Actually, I've seen that one. When I was like fifth grade, I remember watching that. Yeah, they, they, they had a pretty good party in that one. Uh, Sixteen Candles. Did you ever see that one? No, I haven't. That was a classic movie. And then one of Tom Hanks' first movies he was ever in, Bachelor Party. And you can well imagine about oh, that. Yeah. The key scene in that one was a donkey uh, snorting cocaine. That's part yep. part of the shenanigans at that party. And then what about more recent, The Hangover? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's top five in all of our list almost. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. You guys got any other ones? Yeah, the, another one I was going to throw out that, I don't know, it's one of my favorite movies just like from like my college age or, you know, whatever. American Pie 2 at the end when they have the huge party at their house on the beach just because, you know, that movie is supposed to be set in Michigan and it's supposed to be like it's in Grand Haven. So uh, I always thought that that scene was really cool. But, you know, beach parties are always a blast. So Basically. that was one. And then, uh, and then 21 Jump Street. I don't know if you guys, you guys have seen 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Right? Yep. Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, they have a party at, at one of their parents' house. And, you know, they're trying to figure out who sells the drugs or whatever. But they throw a pretty huge party. Jonah Hill gets stabbed with a knife. Yeah, that, that's another one I thought of. That's great because like uh, that cracks me up because Channing Tatum, he's like before like they're playing the music, he's like, "Do you think this music's like too dancey?" Like, that's just a, that's a, that's a cool. No, but you mentioned uh, American Pie. Basically, any American Pie movie, I would say honestly, honestly, like Nuts and Bolts, I think we would all probably choose. But, yeah. Oh yeah. But those movies are underrated. Ex- all the party scenes in those movies are great. And I mean, this is my favorite one. I had this on my list at number four. Uh, American Pie, the Naked Mile Party. I mean, what I love about those movies is every girl, basically every single girl is, like, super good looking. You're right. <laughs> and, I mean, they're all naked and you're running a mile. That's obviously just got to be, like, at the top of the list. You you actually surprised. You had some good ones that you mentioned. I'll give it to you. Ted. Yeah. They weren't all over my head. And check out a couple of them. You haven't seen Dazed and Confused, have you? Well, you did see it. Yeah, I've seen that okay. one. Okay. All right. Deer Hunter, though, for, for a movie recommendation for you. Uh, one other one I wrote down that was a classic of uh, maybe uh, Boogie Nights. 
Oh yes. Good party. There was oh a, good, God, a good, party a good one too. in that movie. Yeah, definitely. A, that movie takes a while. I remember watching that was on when I was in like sixth grade. Probably shouldn't have been. You probably should not <laughs> have. Been. That movie blew my mind. That was crazy. The porn industry in the seventies. <laughs> sixth grader Jared Fatale. <laughs> Watching it just late at night on no, demand, HBO. No wonder your dad got rid of the HBO. No, I you know that's exactly why he saw that I was watching it. He, like he saw it in the history, I forgot to delete it, and he and I, and I was it was canceled. The subscription was canceled. Well, that's just a rookie move on your part. You always have to delete the history. It oh, was yeah. a blunder for sure. Yeah, and I've regretted it ever since. Messed up. All right, I got a couple thoughts before we wrap up, and you guys, if you have any, definitely fire away. I, a couple things that I saw. He had a bad day. Matt Patricia obviously had a bad bad day today. But how about Yadier Molina this week? Took a foul, foul ball to the nuts, and he's out for a month. He had to get surgery on his balls from taking a shot. That doesn't happen very often. You see catchers take shots, but ouch, that's a bad day. And then also this week in the major leagues, the, the New York Mets in the first oh, inning, had they batted out of order. How does that happen? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's a manager thing. Maybe he wrote down the wrong lineup. I don't know how that happened. That's got to be a manager thing, but that's a bad day for him and the Mets for sure. And then the final one I, I looked up, and I know, Jared, you'll appreciate this and Matt too. David Price, he's out now with carpal, tun- carpal tunnel syndrome after numbness in his hand, and they're saying he probably got it from playing too much Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite, new I, I thought he had carpal tunnel. I didn't see they said it was because of Fortnite. Well, that's the rumor out there. And then this is one final thing that just grossed me out, okay? Huh. We, haven't, we don't talk hockey very much here because none of us are big-time hockey fans. I'll get into it a bit You know, when the Red Wings are really good. That could be a long time down the road. Boston Bruin forward, Brat Marchand, he had a habit in the playoffs here of licking his opponent's faces. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, and the league finally came out and tried to tell him to stop. I mean, what is, what is your mindset on that? Is, is 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 he thinking in his mind, well, it's not acceptable to spit at the guy, so I'm just going to lick his face. I mean, where does that even come from? Yeah, I don't, you better watch what you say. The <laughs> hockey community is a very tough community. They will come at you. They will come and lick you. All right. Well, that's all I have personally. You guys got anything else you want to add to this pod? No, I, I did see that Yadier Molina thing, and that that's crazy. And they had to, like, rush him to the hospital and do surgery. Like, I don't even want to know what the surgery was, but <laughs> it reminded me of uh, this kid I grew up with. I'm not going kind of, to not going to name names, but he had he twice as a kid, ripped his nutsack open. Oh! Twice. One time, he crashed his bike, and it like got caught in his chain or something. And the other time, he was jumping a fence, and it got caught. And like, I, it, it, that Yadier Molina story reminded me of that. Oh, that it, does your luck have to be that? That happens to you twice. Every male out there can definitely relate to that. I mean, that's the closest thing we have to childbirth, is getting a hard kicker hit in the nuts. There's no doubt about it. I just want the last thing I wanted to add in. <laughs> so, I mean, all hope's not lost for the Pistons. We do still have a 2% chance of uh, landing in the top three in the lottery. Woo. I mean, how pissed would you be if you were Stan Van and that happened? Oh, I'd be pretty ticked off. If you couldn't wait a couple weeks to fire me. How awesome would that be? Well, he would just blow the pick anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. You'd go after another, like, Darko Milicic type of guy and take, yep. a, take a waiver on someone like that. No doubt. All right, guys. Well, I think we got another one in the can now. And uh, to all our listeners, just remember, share this pod with all your friends. And don't forget to give us your feedback. Best way to give us your comments and uh, and maybe uh, potential guest 
threepointpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Z925SportsGuy. Matt, you're where? BurnZ381. And I'm at Jared Patel. And also Jack Strap has a Twitter account, at JackStrap88. As I mentioned at the Open, he's on vacation this week, but we expect to get him back on board next week. We again want to thank our sponsors, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Z92.5 The Castle. And just remember, this has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast and also... Happy Mother's Day to our moms and wives and all the mothers out there. Right, boys? Yes, sir. Can't forget that. Happy Mother's Day. All right. Happy Mother's Day. Until next time, see y'all.